0: Welcome to Excessive Banter, the podcast. Life's experiences unfiltered and unscripted. Conversations from one old guy to to another with wicked good people from time to time. In this episode... I'll try and give you some insights into my brain, kickstand, how I got the nickname, where I've been, where I'm going, and hopefully make it a little bit entertaining. Although usually when I'm talking to myself, it's anything but. So I think in order to really give you guys some insight into me and my personality and why I'm doing what I'm doing and really start from the beginning, Uh, not all the way back at the beginning, because that would be way back in 1961. And, you know, it was uneventful for many of those early years, because I was just a regular kid doing regular kid things. I think think one of the things that I established early on as a child, though, was I had this side to me about philanthropy and wanting to do better and, and help the greater good as i can, can recall uh, several march of dimes walkathons where i would go around the neighborhood and have a sign up sheet asking my friends parents uh to donate 10 or 20 or even 25 cents a mile and i would walk 25 miles and you know raised some money for the March of Dimes, which I thought back then was really cool. And it was something that I really enjoyed doing. And I I did it for many, many years. Uh, Also, Jerry uh, Lewis' telethon every Labor Day weekend uh, was a time where myself and my sister actually would walk around our neighborhood with a big coffee can uh, with the hole cut in the top of the a plastic container, you know, asking our neighbors for for money. And then uh, we'd deposit that in the bank and my parents would write a check and we'd send it off to uh, to Jerry Lewis, the telethon, to help uh, with research for muscular, muscular dystrophy. So I think early on I had the, that entrepreneurial kind of uh, spirit when it came to philanthropy. Uh, But once I, uh, once I got into my teen years, that kind of went away and, uh, uh, you know, was uh, taken up by things like uh, street hockey, uh, girls, beer, marijuana. um, uh, Oh, yeah, school. Don't forget school. Okay. Was an average student. Uh, could have could have been a brilliant student. Didn't apply myself as well as I should have. Uh, graduated high school with all A's and B's, though. Uh, took all the standard college prep courses. And, you know, the plan was definitely to, uh, to go to college. But, um, interestingly enough, I'm one of the only Jewish kids I know whose parents didn't really instill a sense of urgency for an education. Um, so after a very lackluster first semester at, uh, a community college in Massachusetts, decided to uh, drop out and go into the workforce and really never looked back. Did go back to school as an adult when I was in my early 30s and had a GPA of 3.85, but didn't finish then due to family commitments and marriage and kids and, you know, all of the good stuff that gets uh, that gets in the way, so to speak. So, you know, but, but looking back on those early years, you know, a lot of uh, things that I think shaped me into the person that I am today. A, a lot of it good, some of it really, really terrible, uh, and and some of it just you know regular, regular stuff that happens to regular people every day uh, here in. Uh, you know in our in our world so I, I think from a standpoint you know great relationship with my parents so i thought when i was when i was young my house was the cool house you know my parents were really cool and um that was great for my friends not not so much for myself at, at least at the time well it was great at the time because you know again uh my house was the cool house and it was where people and my friends would come to uh to have fun some of that really probably wasn't the best Uh, in terms of you know setting good examples but listen it is what it is and you know some some years in therapy and everything's okay now you know my uh i'm lucky enough that my mom at 81 years old is still here with us in in 2021 my dad unfortunately passed away um Uh, in 1990. Uh, I was already an adult at the time, 29 years old, but he missed so much. Uh, he never met my future wife. Now my wife of uh, many, many years, um, Mrs. Kickstand, if you will, uh, obviously never met my children, you know, didn't get to see all of the great celebrations or mitzvahs, as we say in Hebrew. But, uh, you know hopefully he did see them from uh, from wherever he is and uh has been enjoying what i've been able to uh to show him uh since since he passed in 1990 you know another uh sad note lost my stepdad this year he was eighty and uh he died of lung cancer. He was a great guy uh career military guy certainly was very lucky to have him in our lives for twenty years. Hank wherever you are, probably somewhere in between buddy. thank you for everything really appreciate the uh the love you showed my family my mom especially but um that's what happens, guys. Life uh, life continues to move on, and, and part of it is uh, death, uh, the end of what happens here. But hopefully, not the end. Anyway, uh, looking back on the could have, should have, would have's, and things that I have done regarding career, God, I've 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 done everything. I've had a real crazy path to get me to the point where I am today. Um, started out in the in the early '80s actually as an EMT took the EMT course in uh, 1981 aced it with flying collars, and went to work for a local ambulance company in uh, Norwood Massachusetts and uh, really enjoyed that had a had a career path planned for emergency medicine which uh, involved getting my pilot's license, helicopter pilot's license, uh, and also becoming a paramedic. But those plans were... those plans were cut short in August of 1983 uh, when I got into a really bad car accident and unfortunately uh, that type of work was never going to be something that I could uh, partake in again in terms of being agile enough uh, to lift people uh, without the without the chance of uh, my my knee uh, buckling. so went into sales after that uh, on a whim, the okay. Actually, a friend of my mom's owned some newspaper companies. I met with him, he liked me, he thought I was personal, said, you know, I think you could sell advertising and uh, we went out and and I ended up working for his company through many sales of, of that, all the way from a sole proprietorship at one point to several years later, Fidelity Investments, actually buying uh, the, the newspaper group that I originally started with. So my career in sales started Started, started way back then in 1984, 85, and uh, really have never looked back. Done everything from being, you know, an on-the-road rep, uh, you know, carrying the briefcase, knocking door-to-door, selling, advertising, courier services. You know, eventually worked my way into management. Re- really enjoyed imparting knowledge and really just technique and relationship building. That's what sales is all about. It's all about building relationships, kind of like what I'm trying to do here with uh, our audience on excessive banter today, just building the relationship. All you really have to do is talk, and then listen. Now, obviously, I can't hear what you're saying back to me right now. Although uh, some of you, I can. I can imagine. It really is all about building relationships, and that relationship building is, is is so important in all aspects of life. You know, over the years, from the successes in building those relationships, have afforded me the opportunities to continue to grow both professionally and personally. And and I've I've met some incredible people. Uh, o- over, these, over these journeys. You know, to the point where I am today, I'm working for a small startup a company that works in the uh, pharmaceutical uh, safety space. We, we help companies, we actually help hospital pharmacies or any type of compounding pharmacy with their safety protocols. We make sure that when these pharmacists or pharmacy techs are compounding drugs, that they are uh, doing it correctly. Our software makes 100% guarantee of the right drug being compounded at the right time for the right patient, delivered in the right manner, and it's a it's a pretty amazing it's a pretty amazing um, uh, job. And have gotten to really spoke with some incredible people all around the country. And hopefully uh, we're launching this uh, formidably here in the U.S. Uh, later this year. Working aggressively right now uh, to market it uh, to the marketplace here in the U.S. Hopefully I'll have a lot of good stories and uh, to talk to you guys about that in, in the future. But, um, you know, some of these relationships have uh, transpired into not only business relationships, uh, friend relationships, and also through, you know, again, being able to develop relationships is is what it's all about. And it came full circle for me in regards to the philanthropy uh, several years ago, uh, back in 2007, actually, and I was... Was, uh, participating in my fourth pan mass challenge. And myself and a friend of mine were riding Sunday down uh, the Cape in Yarmouth. And we stopped to say hello to Dr. Ken Anderson, who was the doctor and still is the doctor that our team raises uh, uh, funds for, for his research for multiple myeloma. Well, long story short, my friend and I at that point, my friend Barney, uh, we had asked the people who were running the team that we were on, if uh, they wanted some help. And they, they said, well, no, um, but if you'd like to take the team over, we'd be glad to hand it to you. Uh, one thing led to another, and we became co-captains of what is now known as the Patriot Platelet Peddlers. And as you can probably surmise from the name, we are affiliated with the six-time champion New England Patriots. Now, how that came to fruition was very cool. So again, flashback 2007, August of 2007. Barney and I are 125 miles into our bike ride on day two and we stopped to talk to Dr. Anderson and we tell him that we're taking over the team and we ask him if he if he has any thoughts on how we might be able to approach the Patriots the reasoning behind it was quite simple the Celtics had a small team the Bruins had a, a, a decent sized team of former players and players wives that would ride the Red Sox had a huge team team nine but the Patriots didn't have any presence in the Pan Mass Challenge at all it brought the idea up to Dr. Anderson, and he told us, quite frankly, that Robert Kraft was a really good friend of his. Quite simply, arranged a meeting at Gillette Stadium for us, and within a few days, we became the Patriot Platelet Peddlers. Uh, the rest is really history. Have now been the team captain for 13 years. Barney has since left the team. Uh, he's still a rider, but left the leadership aspect uh, to move on to other things. And in the last 13 years, um, well, this 2020... 21 will be 14 years, we will have raised over uh, $12.2 million for Dr. Ken Anderson at Dana-Farber Cancer Institute for his multiple myeloma research. Now, the thing that's really cool about this whole inclusion of bringing the patriots into this mix is another great story, which I'll just touch upon real briefly now because I don't want to uh, make this podcast any longer than about. 20 minutes so quite frankly back in 1960 the boston patriots drafted a player named ron burton well several years later after ron burton retired from playing football he was diagnosed with multiple myeloma his doctor was dr ken anderson i get the chills every time i say it because how could we have known we didn't know that when we approached dr anderson and subsequent discussions with the Patriots. We didn't know about the relationship between the Kraft family, Dana Faber, the New England Patriots, Ron Burton, multiple myeloma, and Dr. Ken Anderson. So a kind of a kind of a neat story, and again brings me back kind of full circle to when I first started speaking about 18 minutes ago about being a philanthropist when I was a kid. Uh, now at the age of 59, uh, almost 60, making uh, a real difference in raising some huge dollars for. Uh, uh, such important research that goes on at Dana-Farber Cancer Institute which by the way is shared with institutes and hospitals all over the world and I am I am super proud of that you know besides my my family uh my wife uh my children uh, my extended family my soon to be daughter-in-law b- besides all of that I think the thing I'm most proud about is the work that I've done uh in in this in this fight against cancer. A little bit about me. Uh, I hope it wasn't completely boring. I appreciate you listening. Uh, hopefully, Benny and I will be back at it soon. And we're looking forward to getting some great guests on uh, for you guys to meet and to really talk, you know, excessively about nothing and everything. You know, we we are almost like, you know, that show back in the uh, 80s and 90s, which we'll rename nameless because I don't know if we can say it without paying Jerry uh, Zigfield. But anyway, uh, thanks very much for listening. This is Kickstand signing off. Thanks again. And, you know, keep watching out for us and check us out on our podcast. Excessivebanter.com is our website. Look for us on iHeartRadio and uh, all other places that you find your favorite podcasts. All right. Thanks very much, again. Have a great day. Great afternoon and evening, everybody, and I can't wait to see you soon. Bye bye.